In this episode, we talk about switching from Google Analytics to Fathom and a whole lot more. Let's go. Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about building profitable software businesses that are meant to last. Hi, I'm Tyler. I run a bootstrap SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. I'm Rick. I run a software-enabled services company called Leg Up Health. Hey, Rick, what's up this week? <laughs> hey, Tyler, you got more energy than me this week, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm back from parental leave. Um, and if anyone's listening and considering a second kid, uh, it is way harder than two, or two is way harder than one, I should say. And do not let them fool you. I feel like um, there's this prank where when you're considering your second kid all, the kid, all the parents that have two plus kids are like, oh, yeah, it's way easier than just one. Like it's like not one plus one, it's like one plus point two. You know, mm -hmm. it's actually one plus one equals three. It's three. It's three x harder. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, nonetheless, congrats. <laughs> that is some sobering news for those of us who haven't been through it, though. <laughs> um, but it's great. It's great. You should do it totally. <laughs> it's the best. I feel like every, all my friends who have kids, like I. When they tell me anything about their lives, I'm like, that sounds miserable. Why would anyone do that? And then they're like, but you should do it. Absolutely, you should do it. And I'm like, okay, there's something to it, but none of you can describe what it is. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, um, I mean, Oliver's funny. I think he's gone from like super excited about the baby to Oliver's my son. Uh, super excited to like wanted to hug the baby to like, baby is the worst, you know, baby is <laughs> stealing attention from me. And uh, can we take it back? You know, and um, yeah, baby is it to Oliver. He wants yeah. to hold it. Mm, hold it. It's not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, and, and how long of a, a parental leave did you take? Three weeks. Three weeks. And then I've got another week coming up when my parents come in August. And then another week uh, for when we um, move uh, homes, which will be September, October. So got two more weeks left, but they're spaced out. Gotcha. But it's still like counted as parental leave. Yep. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, you want to dive in here? Well, yeah. So, I mean, the nice thing about parental leave is that, I mean, we have a nanny. So during the week, it was basically me and Sable tag teaming the baby. So I was like, oh, I can do this. Like I even had time to like write, uh, um, I had time to read. I've been had time to exercise, but now that I'm back at work, I'm realizing that was just a temporary thing. <laughs> um, the weekends are the hardest. Um, but I, 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 but I, I rediscovered my perfect day. My perfect day. If I can do like an hour of writing and an hour of exercise, it pretty much doesn't matter what happens the rest of the day. I, I sleep well. Yeah. I wonder if you were going through, you know, second kid, all that, but like with the flexibility of Let's say an early stage bootstrapper, you don't have a ton of money, but you have flexibility over your time. I mean, do you think you'd prioritize an hour of writing and an hour of exercise at the expense of working on leg up health with the hopes that it would make the other time you do spend on leg up health more effective? Oh, yeah. For sure. Why do you, why do you ask that? That's an interesting well, question. I, I think a lot of uh, people start companies for different reasons. And I think a lot of people do talk about freedom and stuff, but people who haven't experienced it don't get like what it means to be able to do whatever you want with your day. And like, I used <laughs> to have that. I don't anymore. I mean, I, I could, like I have the, the power at Lesson Learning Serum to be like, you know, I'll, I could do whatever I want, but 
I feel like there's when you have a bunch of employees, not that I have a bunch, but when you, when you have a team of people to work with and they need to keep certain hours because like support has to happen and all that type of stuff, it feels kind of negligent for the CEO to be like, ah, peace out. I'm I'm living my own life here. So I don't have that anymore, but I used to and it was amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I think like, you know, if you think about it, two hours a day out of 24 hours, if you invest it, like that's what I'm saying here is like, if yeah. I can find those two hours for myself, I, like I... Man, I need to sleep, obviously, but um, I'm a pretty happy person. Yeah, but I guess the, like when you have a day job, those two hours can't come from when your boss is paying you. So those two hours normally come from your personal time. You don't have personal time right now, so it's it can really only come from your work time. And right. when you're running your own business, you can decide I'm going to work less, and the company will suffer in a sense. But maybe net, it actually works out. I see your point now. Yeah, and and in my situation, it's I'm going to sleep less. Gotcha. Okay. Which is a vicious cycle. Yes. Um, well, good luck, I guess. You're, <laughs> you're a pro at this. This isn't your first time sleeping less, I guess. <laughs> well, uh, I will become saltier and saltier week by week, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll, and then we'll I'll get you. sick. And then I'll <laughs> reevaluate my life. And then I'll like, uh, who knows what will happen from there. All right. I What's hope your not. perfect day? My perfect day is... Uh, in the past, it was different. Now I have enough of a schedule. Like I wake up at seven, walk my dog. I got to do that. Um, feed, feed and walk my dog. And then like work on kind of mindless, like like important, but not uh, not deep work, like take care of emails. Basically, by say 11 p.m. or 11 a.m., nothing in my inbox. No one's expecting anything from me. The rest of the day's open. Take a nap. Wake up at 2 p.m. I'm talking about a serious nap here. Uh <laughs> While I'm in bed, order Wendy's from DoorDash, get out of bed when the Wendy's arrives, eat, drink the biggest Dr. Pepper you've ever seen. It's the size of my head. Uh, and I'm caffeinated and feeling good from the Wendy's. And then I work until midnight. That's my perfect day. <laughs> <laughs> Is that more specific than you expected? <laughs> it's just... Uh... Yeah, I, I thought like I, what happened to Jack in the Box. I thought is, Jack is in Wendy's the Box. The, they've deteriorated in quality so much. It used to my whole identity used to be about Jack in the Box, and now it's Wendy's, White Castle, Taco Bell. It's a whole hodgepodge of fast yep. food. Now. Yeah, I got you. Well, um, I'm now a Freddy's fan. I don't know if I told you that. Oh yes, Freddy's amazing. I know that. Yeah. Are we going to pivot into a restaurant, a fast food uh, <laughs> podcast? Here? I'll just tell you. I, admit, I you you called me out for not having actually tried it. And we've, I literally live right Freddy's. next to one. Yeah, we, I can walk to Freddy's. Um, and I have walked to Freddy's lately. So, so good. So good. Um, it's really, really good. Um, yeah. So, okay. So we have different like ideal days, but the point, like the point is like, doesn't take much. Like that's not much. Like you could do that. Yeah. I do that uh, normally like once a week. Uh, I don't, I, Monday and Tuesday are remote. And I, I, I have a 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. event on my calendar, both Monday and Tuesday, that says, don't book anything here unless you can't find another time. Like, it's, it's okay if you book something, but try not to. Um, so normally, I do have the flexibility about once a week to, you know, nap whenever I want, work late, and I don't feel like anyone's expecting anything from me. That makes sense. Well, um, yeah, my life is, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to, like, I've, I've rediscovered my perfect day over the last three weeks. I haven't had a perfect day in the last two days since I've <laughs> gone back to work. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, but it was nice while it lasted. Um, what, what's going on in your world? Yeah, I've got just a bunch of different little updates here. Um, one thing is, so it's been a month since we 
last talked because you were out with, with the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I said at that time that like things were feeling a little stressful, especially in the dev team at Lessening CRM, just perfect storm of two, like wh- one developer's on sabbatical. One developer was basically fully out to help with the coding fellowship, our, our summer program. Um, and plus we just launched a, a big redesign, which there's just a lot of little tiny bugs that come with something like that. So there's like more bugs than normal, fewer people than normal. Um, it was just feeling kind of stressful. So when I was going to Greece, I'd kind of been like monitoring it and hoping it would have ended before Greece and it didn't. An interesting thing that I noticed is like, or I shouldn't say that I noticed, people just told me this. People feel guilty working on bug fixes because they're not getting their main project done. And no matter what I say, they're kind of like, I'm like, you think I'm going to get mad at you because you're fixing bugs? Like, I want you to fix the bugs. That's the highest priority thing. But they still have this sense of like dread. That's that's why they don't like having lots of bugs. It's not that they don't like working on bugs. It's that they're not getting work on their main project done. Um, so, right, I should say, I went to Greece for 10 days. That's something I did during this time. Right before I left, we basically said, okay, two-week period, um, no, like, work on whatever you want, basically. You can work on your project if you want. I mean, fix your bugs. You, you have to work on bugs. But once bugs are done, uh, you can work on paying down technical debt. You can just pick a stupid feature that you want that no one's asking for. Whatever. Work on whatever you want for two weeks. The idea being not that anything that people would work on good stuff, but the idea being like, it's a way of just saying, I don't expect any progress on your project. So if you spend all your time on bugs, hopefully it takes the pressure off. Um, what was the result? I think it worked pretty well. The, the reality is that most people still had, they were on bug fix duty full time, basically, because again, we had a lot of bugs and not many people. But I think it successfully made people not feel bad that they weren't making progress, which was the point. Um, so I'm not saying it's like, I'm not sure I'll ever do that again or whatever, but I, I think that relieving that pressure in that moment was good. And like a thing that people... Uh, I think employees tend to be a little more anxious. They have more anxiety than founders most of the time. Like to be a founder, you kind of have to be like, eh, it'll be fine. You know, (laughs) stuff's always on fire. It'll be fine. Founders have to be that way. Employees have a harder time doing that. Um, I knew a few weeks from now, these bugs will be gone. It'll get back to normal. Don't worry about it. But it is like if you tell someone that to someone in the moment, like they don't want to hear it, you know? No, of course not. Yeah. And now things are fine. So uh, I think this relieved the pressure. Was there any, like, how did they sp- choose? Was there any trend in how they chose to spend the time? Was it this, basically the same way they would have spent it otherwise, just reduced mental fatigue? Or is it? Yeah. Is so it- the way I actually, I didn't actually say work on, I said work on whatever you want, but we have like an internal lingo, which is uh, we have every, one Friday a month, we do tech debt Friday, which means you can work on technical debt, meaning uh, something that a customer wouldn't notice, you know, refactor some code or write some unit tests, whatever. So what we said is it's two weeks of Tech Debt Friday, but everyone understands that means I can work on whatever I want. Um, so a lot of people worked on Tech Debt. They were like, you know, there's this thing that I fixed a bug last week. I know it wasn't fixed well. I'm going to go back and fix it better. That type of thing. Makes sense. Interesting. Um, you're, you're, so yeah. always, you're always more thoughtful than most, I feel like, around uh, people's mental health. Like when, I, I run RevOps at Windfall and... RevOps is very similar to 
engineering in a lot of ways um, in that we're very reactive to inbound requests. Things break, systems break, you have to firefight. Um, and it when you have like projects that you want to get done that you've committed to, and then inbound requests uh, or bugs uh, derail those things, it's it's incredibly anxiety inducing. So I, I can empathize with that feeling. Um, and it makes you less productive for sure. You worry about mm-hmm. stuff. Um, that's, that's cool. You're, you're always really good about that, man. You've always have been. I appreciate that. I, it helps a lot that like the team, the team basically told me they're like, do something. <laughs> and <laughs> so the coming up with what to do, not that it's that creative a solution was me and a couple other people, but like, it's really good to have psychological safety. So the people tell you when you need to do it, because I'm not sure I would have like just looking at people's body language, like just looking at the bug list. I was looking at, it, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of bugs, but a bad sign would be if you don't finish all your bugs, like like they're coming in faster than you're finishing them. And that wasn't the case. People were finishing them, but it was like roughly steady state. If I'd just been looking at the bug list, I would have been like, we're on top of it. It's fine. But people didn't feel that way. And they mm-hmm. told me, which was good. Um, so yeah, that's one of my many updates. Uh, how about you? Well, um, I think we were on sort of a high, high ride before I went on paternity leave. Um, and then I kind of, ca- I came back, we had our, I had our first leg up meeting this morning with JD and, um, our marketing coach and a couple of things have happened. One, we haven't had any, we haven't really had any meetings since for the last three weeks, uh, pitch meetings with employers. Um, our current goal is to try to scale up to 20 pitch meetings a month. Um, and not only like, are we not hitting 20? We're not having any. Um, and so that was sort of like a, woo, what's happening? Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I think, uh, you know, and, and then just to put it in context in May, we had 16. So we, we weren't far off from our 20 and then we did, we went to June and we had three and then July was zero. And it was, it's, it, and we had a lot going on, you know, in the month of June and, you know, that, that wasn't related to, reaching out to customers, but it, it took a while to kind of get to like, Hey, this is a problem. We're, 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 we're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, you know, you kind of like say it once and then, you know, everybody's like, yeah, yeah. And then they talk about something that's like, like completely the opposite thing. And it's like, no, no, like th- this is a problem. And it's like, yeah. so it took like three or four like conversations to get to like, guys, like we can't talk about anything else until we talk about this. <laughs> I feel like sometimes you're just hoping it, you know, it'll maybe it'll correct itself or something like you don't want to overreact and, and do make a change when you just had like get a little lull for no reason. But yes, this was more than a little lull. Yeah. And we talked about it. I think we talked about it in our partner meeting um, a couple of weeks ago. And so I've, I've kind of let it ri- I let it ride for 21 days. And like today, I just had to be like, guys, like we, we got to do something different. Like this isn't mm-hmm. working. Um, so uh, we're we're shifting to less process, less, you know, uh, less frameworky stuff and more to just like, let's get on the phones. Um, uh, we'll see how that goes, uh, between now and next Thursday. And then I asked the, I asked the, I I asked all of us to just say like, let's reflect on how to make this meeting more outward facing. I think it's, I think we've made a lot of progress internally talking to each other about who we want to be, who we want to target, even doing research. And that's led to some good things, but we're, we're stuck. Um, and I, I, I just think we need to reset. So do you ever get into these situations? I think, uh, I mean, definitely I get in situations where like stuff's not working and you have to reset. I don't think I have this 
if anything, I'm biased on the other side where I'm more likely to be like, let's just get started and we'll figure the details out later. I, I think if I'm hearing you right, the issue is like you're, you've been figuring out details for a long, long, long time. And it's like, no one's doing anything that actually gets a customer in the door. Yeah. Like what, what like the way I sort of left, left with the, the visual that I had for, for like describing what, what we were, what we've been doing is like a hamster wheel. Um, mm -hmm. like the, there's a lot of action, but like not a lot of progress. Um, but like that, you know, but, but we've also migrated apps. We've also, you know, signed up a few clients like, yeah, a lot's uh, been happening. A lot's yeah. been happening, but it's just, um, the goal that we're, we're working towards is not being, uh, progressed against. So one of um, uh, this reminds me of, uh, I saw a tweet from someone that made a lot of sense to me, which is like, there's a huge gap between a startup that, um, like has no traction at all and a startup that has a little traction, but has plateaued. And the difference is if you have a little traction, you know what problems to work on and what problems to solve. And if you have no traction, you're just guessing. And it does kind of feel like that might be some, like one of the reasons to go out and be talking to more people and get these meetings scheduled is like, if you're spinning on the hamster wheel, are you even spinning about the right things? I exactly. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. It's like a vacuum conversation, right? Um, it's very, it feels very circular. Uh, the, um, so yeah, like, it's just, but anyway, like my, like I, I kind of just want to talk to you. Like, what when in general, what what do you do when your team is feeling stuck, mm -hmm. um, and they're fo like maybe they're focused on the wrong things? Do you what what are your do you have any like tactical advice for me? Like, I mean, I assume in this scenario you don't know what the answer. Is. Like, it obviously if you're just like I know what they should be working on, I I, I think that we should just go like I think we should be just focused on activity and just yeah. and like outbound activity. Um, and I, and, and that's not, and, and until that's happening and it's not working, like there's nothing to talk about. So, right. um, so when so, you say like, do I have any tricks? Like, do you mean tricks for communicating it? Like when, knowing when to like step mm. in, um, how long do you wait? Like <laughs> I, there's a, I mean, there's a chance that if I had waited another week, like JD would have gotten there on his own and, you know, felt more ownership over the change and shift. I think there's value in, uh, if I, there's value in stepping in, even if it would have fixed itself, in my opinion, because everyone who's working with you isn't just, it's not just about getting the work done. It's about setting the tone for the future. And if a thing should have happened in one week and it happened in four weeks by stepping in at three and a half weeks and being like this, this is unacceptable, not, not like scolding anyone necessarily, but being like, this isn't, this isn't how we should be aiming to do stuff. I think it's a, it sets the tone for the next time this happens. So I, I would say probably I would err on. I think it's good you stepped in rather than saying maybe this will sort itself out in a week. Yeah. And then like, uh, do, do you generally agree with the solution here? Like, hey guys, like let's just let's 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 remove all sort of restriction and and just like start like let's just go talk to people. <laughs> yeah, I, an analogy in my like from my experience that I've talked about on the podcast is like a year, year and a half ago when we were getting started on this growth thing, one of the things we did is like, we're just like spin up, spin up some AdWords campaigns, spin up Bing campaigns, try LinkedIn, try Quora, like, well, what should the text be? I don't care. Spin up an, you know, spin Put up a something campaign. there and then we can test it. Yeah. Um, Cause you can, yeah, you can refine something, but if, if nothing's happening. So anyway, yeah. I, uh, now do, does JD have what he needs? If you say, go start talking to people. Does he have what he needs to do that? I don't know. 
And that's, that's a great question. So what, where I, what I've been, you know, what I was looking for going into the meeting is like, where should I be spending my time? And, uh, you know, I think I, I came in thinking that like the, one of the things to do is just update the website with the new messaging, you know, that's mm-hmm. an easy thing. Um, but, but I'm, I'm kind of leaving with, uh, I think it's, it's, it's actually doing a little bit of what JD's doing on a smaller scale to identify the tools that he needs to be able to do it. Um, and some of those tools are email templates. Some of those tools are website pages. Some of those tools are, uh, other things, but like, those are, th- that's where I go. Um, and then we can collaborate, you know, on, on that stuff. But I think he does, ha- the, the answer is yes, he does have the tools and he knows how to do this. Like as evidenced by the fact that we grew over hundred percent last year. Um, yeah. and you know, it's, it's like, you know, in the meetings that we've had, you know, in the last two months, two or three months, um, it just, but it just, yeah. Okay. Let me, let me share something. I, so again, this is a shitty thing to do on a podcast because like I, you and I have had conversations with other people I haven't heard. So let me try and give an update. We had a partner meeting, which is you, me and JD. I'm mostly sitting there listening to the conversation about sales and marketing because that's your department, the two of you. Mm-hmm. But one thing that came up is JD's like, I'm, when I talk to an employer and try and offer them this product that isn't finished yet, they're not interested yet. Uh, because I'm currently building the product and it doesn't exist. And we're not even sure when it does exist, how compelling it's going to be. Um, and then you responded with, I've already sold this to two people when it was just a spreadsheet. So let's do more of that. Which I think makes a lot of sense, and I, my perception of what how JD responded to that is like a lot of motivation. Like, oh shit, yeah, you did like you did do this. That means I can do it. Um, now I realize you're extremely busy. I wonder if the thing you should be doing is going out and selling number three. Uh, what's number three? Like client number three. You've done it twice. Uh, prove it wasn't a fluke. Prove it wasn't because you already were friends with them or whatever. Um, <laughs> I, like. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out as an idea. I would go there uh, if we were having conversations and pitching it. We're not having any we're not conversations. Even conversations. Yeah. That's fair. So like, I think like I want to get the, I think the biggest problem to solve is we got to get this like daily grind started again of just booking meetings. Yeah. And then we have meetings to like talk about versus hypothet- hypo- hypothetical situations. Okay. 100% um, agree with I that. think that's right. Um, and then it's like, but then it's like, well, I, you know, how can I help JD do that? Well, it's try to book meetings with him and then, mm-hmm. you know, share my learnings with him and, and systematize it. That's, I think that's the right thing. Um, I know one thing like I would want to do if I were sending out an email, which I'm going to do tomorrow morning, instead of writing for an hour, instead of exercising for an hour, I will <laughs> spend an hour uh, writing cold emails to leg up health prospects tomorrow. Um, but, but when I, when I write my first, I'm going to want to link to the website and the website doesn't say what it doesn't reinforce what the websites, what I'm going to say in my email. Does that matter? I don't know. No, but like no. it's something I'm going to say no. Yeah. So it, it doesn't for the outreach to happen, but for the effectiveness of the outreach, maybe it does. I don't know. Yeah. But this is like in the early days of less Wing CRM, we were paying a thousand dollars per user from AdWords. It was, <laughs> it, it, was it didn't work. <laughs> like the messaging wasn't right, all that. But there's a big difference between I'm getting one user a month for a thousand dollars when I need to, you know, I need to cut that by 80% that cost. There's a big difference between that and I'm doing nothing. You can't optimize nothing. So, so, gosh, you just, that is the headline. You can't optimize nothing. I'm writing that down. You just said, (laughs) that is what we're doing. We're optimizing nothing. Yeah. 
I and and it, again, I want to like I don't want to act like oh I'm so smart I already know this I've I've done this a million times which a million is why times. I'm saying this yeah. yeah but like how do you like yeah so I guess we've caught it it just feels like this very cyclical thing that you we, we find ourselves in um, I've seen it in every business that I've been involved in uh, and it's just this like, is the value of experience though this is why having you and and me in a business can be helpful is like. Yeah, like let's you know instead of waiting three months to see it, you saw it after three weeks or whatever, um, and you you might beat yourself up over why did it even take that long, but you saw it and you know you know the playbook, which is get something so that you can start optimizing a real thing. Get get something <laughs> <laughs> when you're optimizing when you're language. optimizing for nothing. Stop. Mm-hmm. Recognize what is happening and start getting something. <laughs> If no one's hitting your website, who cares what the message is? That's what I know. Oh, God. Uh, um, well, uh, the crazy thing is we grow every month. Like, yeah, like it's it's not it's not like this thing's just like totally broken, but it's like, man, it just feels like we're just like some very basic uh, things in place away uh, from just accelerated growth. And the other thing I thought a lot about, um, sorry, I'm, I'm talking a lot here, but one thing I, I really enjoyed about parental leave is I had time to think and I haven't <laughs> had time to think in a while. And, uh, that's one thing I think I like about writing and exercise every day is like, it forces that reflective nature, but we're not in a situation where it's like, we want to create a curve, right? At leg up health. We just want to make it go like this. So we just want to accelerate the growth rate. Yeah. And it's now- like, Although the growth rate is coming from individual consumer health insurance clients, and the goal is to get group like like employer clients. We, right? We've gone from zero to five already this year. Yeah, but that's not that hasn't grown in two months, right? I think we added one last two months ago. Yeah, we added I, one I, in June. Okay, but the the month over month growth that has happened in the last couple months has been anyway. Okay, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm just I'm I'm I guess what I'm saying is like we have this like thing that's working. We have employer clients. We have consumer clients. We, if we did nothing else, we would get another employer client in a couple of months, some yeah. way, somehow. And Q, when Q4 it. hits, we'll get several. Um, but it's not enough to get to our goal. So we just need to make it go like this, just a little bit. Like, yeah. And, and it's not like anything dramatic. You see, this, you see this on indie hackers all the time. If you like, there's a bunch of people who are like kind of entrepreneurs trying to get started. And They'll they'll say, hey, here's my plan to get customers or whatever. And some like know-it-all smartass will comment like, well, you know, just to pay your own bills, you need to be getting 10 times that many customers. So your plan won't work. And it's like, well, no, you start with the, the one-tenth what you need plan. And then, you know, you double that. And then you double that. Um, people who shoot for the where you need to be from the very beginning, that I, I think that's unrealistic. So anyway, yeah, we're on the same page here, I think. Yep. So good. I think you've made me feel better about what, what the next steps are. Um, I disagree. I, I do think it's worth, there's some com- confident, I think there's momentum from having consistent messaging that I could just like iterate on while I'm doing emails. Um, but yeah. I'm not going to go through a full redesign. I do have a question for you related to this before, and then I'll be done with, I think leg up health related, um, topics. And that is, um, I was confused. Like you, you, you did the, so I guess one thing we should celebrate, I want to shout out to you. Tyler built a new app for leg up and we had a hiccup free migration. We are now yeah. off of no code and onto real code. Uh, 
I am not no longer the the maintenance developer or whatever. Uh, Tyler is, and <laughs> this is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I've I'm not sure I've ever had a launch go that smoothly before. Um, yeah, because we launched on Monday. I went to Greece on Wednesday, and I was like, "Am I going to be spending my entire time in Greece, like fixing bugs and stuff?" And uh, so far, <laughs> so far, no. <laughs> it helps that uh, it's. Oh God, I love what I love about Leg Up Health is it's not a super tech heavy business. Like, what percentage of your customers do you think have even logged in in the last two weeks? Like, probably just a handful of them. You tell me. Oh yeah, I probably have analytics on that. I could go look. <laughs> Does it Nova do something about that? Um, yeah, I mean, exactly. I we haven't heard any any concerns. If anything, like the first monthly update went better because it, the logging, like there were some things that got fixed as a result of the transition, like the logging to pipe drive. Um, but yeah, like I just I'm super happy. But anyway, I uh, I saw that we we we're kind of using a different blue uh, gray tone for the application. And I, I was just wondering what your opinion was on whether we should mimic that on the marketing website as we make updates to it, or does it even matter? Yeah, I think like eventually one day, but that that feels like step 10 of optimizing. And like, I agree. I, my, the, the point I'm trying to get across about the website isn't that the website doesn't matter at all. It's that everything moves forward a step at a time together. And it kind of feels like the website's going to be on step 10, where other parts of it are on step one still. Uh, I don't think the colors are like, a big deal yet. That's my thought. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I you, might you not know, be right. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's you know, sometimes like, you know, when you have, I, I know I'm probably suffering. Part of the reason I like working with you, Tyler, is that we think differently. Um, but I like, I do that. These are my, where my gut, my gut are, is saying what you're saying, but I don't mm -hmm. have like high conviction on it. I'm like, uh, how high should I be on this? But like talking to you about it is giving me high conviction to just go like, Hey, until we're spending five hours plus a day combined doing outreach, trying to book meetings, uh, we're not going to worry about this other stuff. Um, and then once we're doing that and we're like, Hey, we need to do this. Like we think this will improve the book to meeting rate we're, and we're actually optimizing something mm -hmm. like that's when I, I will start worrying about this. Thank you. We can move on. I am, uh, feel much better. Great. Love it. Um, so it's July. I thought I might give like a just update on how Listening Serum's been doing the first half of this year from a growth standpoint, especially because anyone who's been a longtime listener knows like we kind of starting last year recognized we were in a slump and are trying to get out of it. Uh, as a reminder, to put things in perspective. First of all, I think of growth in terms of net new ARR, annual recurring revenue per month. I know that's weird to people. I have my reasons. We don't need to get into it. Um, prior to the slump, I think like we're averaging maybe 35 to four, like let's call it 40,000 ARR per month. And that's net. So growth minus churn came out to 40,000 new ARR per month. Um, and we, at that time, we kind of thought of 30,000 as like not good, but we're not going to panic as long as we're above 30. Um, we then slumped down to at one point we we're averaging like nine or something like that. So we, there's never been a point where we weren't growing. We're always adding you know, at least in the ballpark of 10,000 ARR per month uh, as a trailing 12-month average, but obviously well below the 30. Um, the first six months of this year, we added 174,000 ARR, which comes out to about 29,000 a month, almost 30. And so if we think of 30, we, 30 is the number that I have is like, if we're above it, I'm not going to like, I'm not blown away by 30, but if we can keep that up consistently, we're okay. Uh, if we're below 30, things need to change. We need to keep, like, there's still a slump as far as I'm concerned. So uh, 
that's kind of good. We are almost at that point. A couple things that are less great is number one, I never know, I never know emotionally how to re- respond to this. February was a $64,000 ARR growth month. If you take February out, we weren't anywhere close to 30,000. Sorry. I mean, that's a person. That's an entry level person. Yeah. Um, and so when you, when I say we were at 174 for the whole six month period, you know, a third of that is one month. And I never know how to, how to think about this. Cause like, well, who cares? Money's money. Who cares if it's lumpy and we got more one month than the other, but the reason it doesn't feel good is it feels like more of a fluke, but I can't say what the fluke was. I don't know why February is a good month. It's not like we had one huge client join or something. It's just, it was good. I, I don't know what to say. I, I, have you ever try, like tried to uh, give yourself therapy basically? Like, like how do you process that? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I kind of just went through the same exercise with you uh, on the meetings. Like, I mean, we had mm-hmm. May was 16 meetings and then we had June three meetings and uh, July we're trending to zero. And, uh, you know, that that's um, it's kind of the same thing. Like, I don't know how excited I should have been about the May thing. Like, is it repeatable? Yeah. But now now this is all but, highly experimental. These are real dollars we're talking about here. The difference, I think, is. Now, three months doesn't make that much of a trend, but if you want to, the trend goes like really good, not so good, terrible. Like it's headed downward. With Mm -hmm. mine, it's like the baseline's okay, and then it spikes up and then comes back down to okay. There's not like a downward trend here, really. Yeah. So the the way, yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I'd probably look at that positively. Um, I mean. I, I, the the more comparable thing is my newsletter. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, it's like constantly growing, but then all like some, like yesterday I had like 10 signups in one day. Um, and that's for, for no reason as far as I have no idea why. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it probably is explained by analytics somewhere, but I don't have, who has time to look at Google. I loved your tweet by the way of (laughs) Google analytics. Like I finally am just going to take that down the snippet because it's not, I don't even look at it. (laughs) I I actually want to talk about that in a second, but yeah, (laughs) that made me laugh Um. so hard. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would probably look at it as positive, but like, there's always this yearning for like being able to repeat it. Um, and, uh, you know, the, I think like I'd want, I'd be like hopeful that it was going to happen again. Yeah, the fear I have is that, yeah, that it that'll never repeat. Like, so I think if, if if I were trying to calm myself down, I would say, yeah, that's what growth looks like. It's not when t- to say you want to average thirty k a month doesn't mean every month is thirty k. There's ups and downs and whatever. It's really an average. And if you had this one really good month, you'll have another one next half and and the half after that and the half after that. Um, but yeah, then the other voice in my head is like, well, but maybe not. <laughs> Well, I guess where I would want to like, I'd want to confirm that. Like, so what I would, I guess the, what I'd start to look at is rolling numbers. Like what's the rolling, you know, what are rolling 90 days? Yeah. Or is it one roll, like rolling one twenties? We, we look see, at like, rolling 12 months normally. Rolling 12 months. So and the rolling 12 months is it's going up. It's not going up fast, but it's going up. That's good. That's a good trend. I roll, Have you looked at it compared to like a 120 or 180? You might want to like compare a different time. Three the frames to see. We're if- kind of seasonal. Mm, okay. So like summer is always going to be worse than like uh, late winter, early spring is always the best. And then summer's worse as people go on vacation and then it gets a little better in the fall and then it's terrible during the holidays. So if you're looking at it, if you're comparing, yeah, basically because of that, we tend to compare 12 month periods. Yeah. It kind of stinks though, because you don't know what you have to wait. To, do you, do you, how, how quick is that? Um, I think I might, I, I might have something like what you're talking about which is 
this is different, but we have a chart that shows the number of free, free, the number of free trial users at any given time is kind of a forward looking indicator for how much growth we're going to have. And we have like that mapped out like the same 12 month periods with a bunch of lines over the same 12 months, like going back several years. So we can see where were we last year and the year before and the year before at this time. And you can see the whole curve. So you can be like, okay, last year we started out stronger, but we dropped more or whatever. That does give me some kind of sense of like, are we good compared to three months ago? Are we good compared to 12 months ago? That's good. Yeah. Like, is it, is it, is that, are they both heading the right direction? Yeah. Right. Um, cool. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I tend to think this is, these are good problems like to have Tyler. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Like but you're, you're optimizing something. A hundred percent. And I actually, I feel very confident that we've got a lot more. I think we had a pretty big unlock that I've talked about already of just like, we need to get back to basics and, and we, we are, but it takes a while to like get the engine moving. So there's still a lot of stuff we haven't even like we're ramping up this week or next week. So I think I'm optimistic about the next six months being good. But the other pessimistic side of this if you say I want to average 30K a month for 12 months, like I just said, holidays are terrible. Um, November and December are always terrible. So to say, well, we did it the first half of the year, great, we're on track. No, not at all. The first half of the year needs to be 40K or 50K so that the shittiness of the holidays is canceled out. So <laughs> we're definitely not where we need to be. But I do think the trajectory is looking like we're, we're on our way there. Yeah. Man, uh, I wish there was no seasonality. Like, yeah, seasonality makes you like worry. And it's there like, is less than we've had in the past, yeah. actually. That's good. Like, I'm just I'm like a pellet has so much seasonality. Mm -hmm. Like, it just causes so much worry. Um, you remember back in the day, I was in the business of uh, fantasy football. I mean, not oh, not yeah. actual business. I never made money <laughs> off it. But my brother and I had CBblitz.com. Yeah, the amount of pressure on like, you know, late July when everyone's doing their <laughs> their drafts. And then like you. You have all your leagues. You're going to have all season, and yeah, I, I hated I mean, that. <laughs> think about retailers; like they care, like they're the opposite of you. That all they care about is the holidays, and yeah, you know, one bad Christmas uh, or thanks Black Friday kills kills their business. Yeah, Ugh. SAS is such a good. Yeah, it's good. Um, all right, next you really up, you want to talk about analytics, don't you? I, yeah, I, I do. didn't realize you had this on here. I do. So we're okay. So I think everyone at this point knows this, but in case you don't. Google Analytics, pretty much every website uses it slash used it to track uh, when when someone hits your website, Google has a little JavaScript there that records that they hit it and then they give you reports about it. That's Google Analytics. Um, they recently forced everyone to update to a new version of Google Analytics. A, I don't want to be forced to update, but B, I tried the new one and hated it. Um, there's also concerns that the EU has basically said Google Analytics is illegal there which is complicated. <laughs> I'm not even sure I buy it. But so there's other tools now, one of which is Fathom. Are you familiar with them? I am familiar with Fathom, yep. Fathom Analytics. So we decided to, rather than upgrade to the new version of Google, we are stripping it out and switching to Fathom. Um, we've done that on the marketing site. So that the it's, it's done. Um, one of the the thing I tweeted about that you were referencing is in the past, we've always had Google Analytics on our marketing site and our app. Um, so we're tracking all these hits. And Eunice, our marketer, was like, hey, can we stop tracking this in the app? Because like when I look at reports, it's just absolutely dominated by app traffic. Like the vast, vast, vast majority of traffic is like people loading their calendar or adding a contact or whatever. And she's like, I don't care about any of that. I, I want to see like which blog posts are performing. But a blog post performing means it gets like 100 hits a month. 
the dashboard of the CRM gets it's like, like so five it's on like million she has to go to like page twenty to get to the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the data she wants. <laughs> but can um, she set can you set up different views to filter out that stuff? Y- yes and no. A, it's kind of complicated too, and B, Fathom. Fathom is way, way, way more basic uh, than than Google. Maybe you can do that. I'm not sure, but she, and the other thing is, she was just like, "Have you?" I, she's like, "I've never looked at any of this. Have you ever looked at any of this?" <laughs> the only time I ever look at the in-app analytics, literally the only time I can remember ever doing it, is when we're like, "Hey, can we kill Internet Explorer 11 support? Let's go see how many people have Internet Explorer 11, like that type of thing." Um, that's the only time I can remember ever using in-app analytics of any kind. So. We're still making. We're still finalizing the decision, but we're probably pulling it out. I think we're we're just going to track well, marketing. Pages. I'm interested in how you how you like Fathom. Is it free or is there is it cost no, money? It's paid. It's quite affordable. I think it's nineteen dollars a month is the cheapest plan, and that covers mm-hmm. like I think a hundred thousand page views, which is a lot for a marketing site. It's I think we have something like five six million page views uh, per month, but almost all of that's in the app. So if we want to track it in the app, I think it's more like $130. If we don't want to track it in the app, the cheapest plan is good enough for us. Mm-hmm. You know, a thousand bucks a year is not, I'm not going to like make the decision because of that, but it does cost more to track in-app stuff. Yeah. Interesting. I'm looking at, I, it looks like I lost, I didn't, I did not respond to any of the Google analytics requests to convert my personal website over. So I just like lost like tracking completely. No, so. have you checked? The old one still works. It does. They told they told everyone they were going to cut it off July first, and I was kind of like, "Bullshit, you're not going to." And they didn't. Uh, I was just logging into Google and using it today. It still works fine. Oh really? I bet they will at some point, but um, yeah. Oh anyway. yeah, they, they just scared me. But interesting. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, Guess so how many yeah, people I'd... have hit my site, my personal website, in the last ninety days? In the last ninety days, I'm going to guess five thousand. 20,000. 20,000. Damn. That's not bad. You, are you an influencer? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think half of them are from like non-English speaking countries. So I'm not sure what value they're oh, getting. I mean, that's still a lot. That yeah. It's so funny to me how you are like non-existent on social media and yet you still have like an audience. Yeah. I tried. I tried. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get social media. I think you have to be like, it can't just be posting. You have to like interact with other people. Oh Yeah. And you you just, have to enjoy using it versus using, you, you can't like use it to reach your personal goals, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I, maybe I'm following the wrong people, but I don't want to respond to anyone that tweets that I follow. So <laughs> uh, maybe I need to, except for you, like you're the only person I follow that I actually want to interact with. Go follow all the people I follow. It's a good, it's a good group. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Okay. I don't have much to say about Fathom. Just like give an update that we, we did it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, okay. This one I think is gonna, you're gonna like this. So we are toying with applying a little bit of incentive to people to upgrade their pricing with less money CRM context on this. When we started in 2009, the price was $10 per user per month. It was that way until 2020 in mid 2020, we, we kept all anyone who has already signed up, kept the $10 price. We have not raised the price on anybody, but new users who signed up after a certain date in 2020, pay 15. So our price right now is $15 per user per month. Um, We've continued supporting the $10 users. They get all the new features, all that. Um, So does that set the stage well enough? Mm -hmm. I think. Okay. I'm waiting for it. Yeah. So I'm obvious. So, okay. (laughs) 
if we were to just say, hey, all $10 users, you're paying $15 now. Uh, assuming people would churn, some people would churn, and like factoring that in, I think we would add a million dollars in ARR overnight. Uh, I want to be very clear to any customers listening, not happening. We're not going to do it. I've had everyone in my life tell me to do it, and I'm not going to, ex except the people I work with. But like, you know, you just have to say out loud, like, damn, there's some, there's some money to be found there, right? Now, gradually over time, the $10 users churn. We add new $15 users. Over time, our, uh, our ARPU is going up, but very slowly. We're at $12 uh, average revenue per user right now, uh, whereas it should be 15 if everyone run it. So we've been toying with, though, we're thinking about building a feature that meaningfully increases our infrastructure costs. Not meaningfully as in like $5 a month, but like basically right now, if you want to log an email in Lessening CRM, you have to forward it to a logging address, uh, which is how a lot of CRMs work. But a lot of CRMs also have the ability to sync it down automatically through the API. We're thinking we're planning on adding that ability to sync it down, but that means like way, way, way more emails are going to be flooding in, and emails are pretty big from a data standpoint. All there's there's stuff going on. So we've been toying with the idea of if you're on the ten dollar plan, uh, you can keep using the old email logging just like you have. Nothing will change. You'll keep getting all new features, but this one feature, if you want it, you need to be paying fifteen dollars. Is there like, I mean, do you have an estimate of like how many people you think once this becomes available, what percentage of the users won't want it or even understand what it is? If it were free to use, I think 75% would use it probably. Um, it's just kind of a given, like, of course you need your emails to log in the CRM and this is a much easier way to do it as opposed to trying to forward it or BCC it. Um, so you basically do automated, it's basically you don't market it as automated email logging. Yeah. Right. It would work the exact same way. You just don't have to do anything. So why not use it? Some people would love it. I mean, for some people, this would save them like hours a week of work. Um, for yes. some people, it would just be nice to have. And I like it because it's like you could you could give this to one of your team members and say, hey, like, see how many people you can convert. Um, and you're not breaking your code of like no, no price increases ever. Yeah. Um, That's the thing I want to be sensitive to. And there's a slippery slope here where it's like, Every feature we add is like this, and and then people are like, okay, technically you didn't raise my price, but like, come on, um, I don't want it to be like that. I want them to really feel like we've honored the original deal, even though we have no obligation to do so. Uh, this feels like it's not getting too close to that line, so I, I think I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, I, I would. I, I, this seems like a no brainer. Yeah, I, I figured I would, you'd say that. Yeah, but. I mean, it's it's a. Uh... But I do think you you it won't just happen. You have to market it. You're you're gonna have to tell people about it. You're gonna have to have a flow in the CRM to to advertise it and tell drive awareness and then support the conversion. I'm definitely gonna do that. But the there's just gonna be one push. It's gonna be like, hey, we launched this thing. Here's an explanation of why we're doing this and the money and stuff. That'll be the only push I think because I I don't want people to feel like we're annoying them. But yeah, when you're in the app, if you're like, I want to go to the email logging page, of course, it's going to be like set up automated email logging. Oh, you can't. Do you guys ever do um, sort of one to many webinars uh, not not that, that are like designed for customers to help them get more out of less annoying CRM? We did these a lot in the past. Um, we haven't in a while. It's probably been three or four years since we've done this. This would be something that would be like, you know, hey, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. This would be like one of 10 things to do to save yourself hours uh, per week. You know, now that you say this, like what sounds like an obvious idea to me is like every feature release should be this, right? Every time you release a feature, you should be like, hey, if you want to really get get a good understanding of exactly how it works, 
we're going to do a webinar on it. Why are we not yeah, doing that? And, and you should, yeah, you should revisit like you, you know, revisit some best practices and where this, the new features fit into those best practices around themes. Like part of your value proposition to a small business owner is you teach them how to use uh, like software by one, making it more accessible and two, um, having an excellent customer service. This seems like a no brainer. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we do a lot of these one-on-one, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. why not? I don't understand why anyone attends a webinar. Webinars are stupid, but people do and, you know, give the people what they want. So yeah, I like that idea. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll make that happen. Uh, yeah, you would never attend a webinar, would you? You'd watch a recording of a webinar though, and you could uh, record these and, and send it to people. I would, but so it's so weird to me. We used to, when, back when we did webinars, we did different kinds. We do like deep dives on certain topics and stuff. But we have like a lot of the, about half the webinars we did were just basic like how to use Lesson Wing CRM and people would attend them. We have pre-recorded videos that go over it that are like edited, scripted. You're going to get a much, much better demo. We spend like every five minutes of video, we spend about eight hours producing for the beginner's guide. It's really good. And then someone wants to, instead of watching that, they go sit on a webinar and watch someone like ad lib for an hour. It's just way worse. I don't understand why anyone wants that. I digress. Um, cool. What would I like? Well, whatever. Yeah. Enough about webinars. Let me move on unless you got anything else there. I was just like, I uh, just, I'm, I'm kind of getting into brainstorm mode, which has nothing to do sure. with what you were talking about, but no, I was like, it. it's like, I'm just, I'm just thinking, um, uh, um, I was looking at your website and it made me start like, I'm like, I really like your website. It's really clean. Um, Thank you. um, I just, every time I look at it, I get impressed. Um, (laughs) and then I was thinking, I was thinking about like a pelt. Um, so this is completely mind, mind warp, but, um, I was thinking about how we have one thing that's really nice about your business is that you're focusing on one like user. You're like, Mm -hmm. you're a user, sign up and create an account. Um, one challenge we have at leg up is, there's this consumer value proposition and then this employer value proposition. Um, and how do we t- like, how do we talk to those people? Um, and we've kind of just, you know, decided to talk to the employer, uh, when you first get there, but I'm, I'm just starting to wonder if that's a mistake. I always feel this way. I, I, I look, but I don't, I, I was a little surprised to be honest when I found yeah. out that that's the plan. Yeah. Ugh. Only, I only say that because you have an existing business getting consumers that has some amount of inbound lead flow. You have no business getting employers yet. It seems like weird for the marketing site to target the people you don't have hitting it yet. But I get there's a chicken or the egg thing where, well, mar- employers will never hit the website if, if it's not targeting them. So I'm not trying to, I, I, I don't have strong conviction here, but I was surprised when I heard that that was the move. My, my, here's my general question. You, you obviously like have a user that you target, but then there's a decision maker. Yeah. Um, how do you mess? Do you, do you ever like switch your messaging to the, is it, or is it just like invite people to your team? The beauty of less knowing CRM is the people we target, the the person evaluating it is normally the decision maker. That's yeah. not always true 100% of the time, but most of the time it's like the business owner or they have delegated this to someone else. And like, yet someone's going to decide what to recommend to the business owner. Um, but it's not like true enterprise sales where it's like you have to understand their whole org chart and all that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it, like, I guess the vision for like a health is, uh, there'd be one sign up flow for a consumer or an employer. They would it, like, it doesn't matter which one. And they would answer the question, whether they're in, whether they have team members 
through the process. Is that right? I don't know. I'm asking you. Uh, there, are, right now, are there two different signup forms? It's the same code, but there's like a URL parameter that says which it is. But the questions are different. Like you, mm-hmm. we need a company name if it's an employer. Um, but it feels to me like people are going to be getting there from two different places. There's not going to be one button on the marketing site that's like sign up and then you you and then you tell us are you a consumer or an employer? Like you'll already either be on the employer site or the consumer side, I would think. Well, that's where I'm getting like a little concerned now is like, if you think about website navigation, you've got your header, right? That's consistent across, but I guess you could say. There are a lot of, what this reminds me of is like, um, like multi-sided marketplaces where there's a lot of sites like this, where they're like for employers is one of the navigation items or something like that. Yeah. The alternative is you make the, like, you know, every big company's website ends up saying nothing. Like the headline is redefining healthcare or whatever. And it, it's for nobody. I don't like that approach, obviously, but that's what a lot of companies do. Yeah. You could also just be like, I have a sign up mod- modal pop up that says like sign up for, cons- uh, for marketplace support or sign up for, um, a, a benefits program. Like presumably by the person, by the time someone's clicking sign up, they're not going to click it until they've read something speaking to them, telling them to do it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think. Um, yeah, but again, this doesn't matter. Just do some outreach. That's what we need to go do. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but there uh, are inbound consumer leads, individual consumers coming in, right? Every day. So like, I would say, don't break that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like we had one sign up today. You saw yeah. that come through, didn't you? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw that one. Yeah. I mean, it's a real lead. Yeah. But yeah. Um, So like I, I don't have strong conviction about the right thing to do is, and I think not doing anything yet makes total sense, but like breaking the flow that's currently working seems pretty risky to me. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for my mind warp support. Yeah. (laughs) What's next? Uh, Just got a few, a few minutes here. One thing (laughs) I'm a little, I'm embarrassed to say this to you. Uh, I've been talking for a long time about event invites being a thing that we're going to build soon, right? No, no. You've been talking about it and then talking about it and then talking about it and then not talking about it. Yeah. Uh, The reason, so we have a calendar. When you add context to the calendar, it does not send them an email telling them. So there's no invite. We want to add that. And the reason is, honestly, customers, they want it, but they don't want it badly. It's not near the top of the list of what customers want, but it creates kind of this like viral, you know, our customers sending emails out to their customers. I won't bore you with all the details, but we originally the idea was like the person, the end person who gets the email invite would have like a yes, no, maybe like RSVP in the email. They'd click it. It would open less knowing CRM, kind of like an evite type invite. The reason is we thought it would be impossible. We, we looked at the technical aspects of implementing an uh, ICS invite, which is where the widget is in the email and you can RSVP without opening a new page. And we thought it was impossible. So we were like, well, it's bad for the user that like that's a better experience to get the widget in the email, but we can't make it happen. So that makes it more viral. They end up on our website. That's good for us. Turns out we figured out a way you can make the ICS thing work. Now it's not, it loses the whole viral appeal. Or yep. not all of it, but a lot of it. So now I'm like, well, shit, that's the whole reason we were going to build it. So now maybe we're not going to. You can't put any sort of marketing embedded in there? You So the way it works... You get the email with the ICS file, and then that puts like a little widget at the top that lets it tells you the details of the event and all that. You can you have no control over that. If you scroll down, everything below it is just a normal email. So you, so can, you can put, put like whatever you want. You can put a footer logo. 
Absolutely. But when someone RSVPs, they're not opening up Lessening CRM anymore. So it's it's not... Un, it, there, there's still a little bit, like the emails coming from lessonnoyingcalendar.com, there's still a little bit in there. But the thing where people like see our website and it says Lessonnoying CRM on it. How much effort is this? It's high effort. That's the other thing. Oh, so man. We're toying with a much lower effort viral idea. I'm using viral incorrectly, obviously. Like none of these are going to like go exponential, but you know what I mean. Um, we're toying with a much easier one as as our first dipping our toes in the water because this is a it's a lot of work to place this bet on event invites and it just got a lot less interesting. Yeah, I I it's kind of, I feel like you should just do it though. Like you I feel like this is one of those things that you're scared to waste time on, but it's going to come up again. Um it's not something our customers really ask for that much though. Like no. it's not going to come up as a product improvement we need. It's no Just one's begging viral. for this, is what you're saying. Right. Uh, it's like feature number 50 on the list, you know? What's the other viral one? There's a few we're batting around, but uh, b- based on a conversation I had with people today, um, the one that got that had the most support from this meeting was web forms. So, you know, if you want to, you could do any kind of forms with it, but like the idea is someone fills it out and then that automatically creates a lead in your CRM or whatever, that type of thing. Yeah. So I, I think it's that that's the thing. If we didn't have a good second choice, I'd be like, let's still do event invites. But web forms is quite a bit easier to build and it, not as many people use it. That's the downside. With event invites, everyone's already using the calendar. They don't have to change their behavior at all. They create an event. We'll just say, hey, do you want us to send this email? And it'll get sent. So it would like on day one, it would immediately have tens of thousands of people using it. With web forms, we do have to be like, okay, you all have to start using it. We have to like market a lot more. And even after we do it, it's probably like, five percent of people would use it what i like about web forms is it it leads into chat um like website chat hmm. uh which is an interesting idea for you guys like if you look at help scout front um intercom like there's a lot of tool, like data customer database tools that have turned into like chat widgets and it's a great way you could have it as an add-on feature that's um f- you know a five an extra fee to have no branding um, and then that would be interesting because I, I think a lot of companies want a lightweight ch- a, a chat on their website, even though no one uses it because it makes them feel good. And I'm, and I'm wondering if they're, you, you could probably do some really easy customer research here by just looking at, at your customers' websites and seeing who's using forms, who's using what. You're about to shake your head. I think probably the majority of our customers don't have websites. Yeah, sure. But like <laughs> how many do? And, and like, it, it, cause you have what, 10,000 customers. Yeah. About that. So, so is that users or customers? Customers. How many companies does that represent? Yeah. Do you know? 10,000 ish. 10,000. Um, that's, I mean, that seems like a, there's gotta be like, what, if you had a thousand customers in there that, that would potentially use forms and, and, uh, uh, and, and, uh, a web, uh, chat uh, widget. I mean, that'd be really interesting. Yeah. I think chat is probably like more steps away than you're thinking. Cause like, a, there's absolutely zero demand for it, but um, or at least that, that people tell us about. And I think the reason is we don't have an inbox. We don't have the ability to send email. I think chat, like you mentioned Help Scout and Front, those were already kind of inbox help desk tools that added mm. chat. I, I don't know that like if your HubSpot is website chat, the first thing you build when you don't even have email sending or something. Yeah. But I, I hear what you're saying. It does open up that 
for even further in the future. Webforms also will connect to appointment scheduling if we build that one day. Because if you want to book a meeting, you normally have to fill out some forms before you do that. Yeah, forms are, uh, compared with the event thing, like forms are a better way to go. Yeah. There's okay. way more legs there. Yeah. Just less usage. That's the only, that's the main downside, but I, I'm, I'm buying into it. I'm going to run it by more people at the company, but I think I'm pretty close to being sold on that. So cool. All right. We are, we are at time here. You got anything else in your mind or should we call got, it? We should call it. Um, I appreciate <laughs> you got things the time. to do. <laughs> I gotta go over, leave the nanny. Um, if you'd like to review past talks and show notes, visit startuplast.com. See you next two weeks from now, Tyler. Two weeks. See ya. Two weeks. Bye.